back. Paladino Live is back. This is episode number seven, and today's date is March the 24th. I apologize, make that the 25th, March the 25th of the year 2008, and I apologize, I was not around last week as my schedule was just too much to really to get this podcast on the air. I just had too much going on at the same time, so... Episode 7 happens now, so um, good things come to those who wait, and uh, your favorite show is back. We are available on thesportstuff.com. That is our home website. That is the home of Paladino Live, and we are also available on iTunes. Simply go to the iTunes store, search, and type in Paladino Live, and subscribe. It is 110% free, so no obligations necessary in order to subscribe and stick to this show and be a loyal listener, as I look forward to meeting, getting to know you. So as some of you, I'd like you to email me, please, paladinolive at yahoo.com, with any sports takes, any take at all, what you think of the show, what needs to be improved, what you like about it, um, any ideas you might like added to the show. So we'll see. As, uh, I will definitely check out those ideas if you have any. It's, Looking forward to hearing from any and all of you out there. Now, on thesportstuff.com, we do have a call-in line. It is a voicemail where you simply state the name of the show you are calling, and you name your you ask your question, set your topic, talk a little trash, whatever. Um, the number is 916 4263, that is 916-912-4263, and uh, we are looking forward to hear from you here on thesportstuff.com, which is, again, the home of Paladino Live and of several podcasts, as we have added three podcasts since I was on the air. Now, one of them doesn't appear to be new, as it was episode five, Wait Till Next Year. It is a Chicago Cubs podcast, and yeah, uh, it is hosted by Brian Cush and Sean Cassidy. Now, Brian Cush, of course, the host of the Chicago Bulls uh, Running with the Bulls and the popular VGR, Video Game Review 2.0. So Brian Cush does a fabulous job as he is a excellent podcaster, very entertaining. Definitely check out the Chicago Cubs podcast. And, yes, wait till next year is absolutely the slogan of the Chicago Cubs. That ought to be the uh, – that ought to be the slogan every year when they say buy season tickets. Wait till next year. It's, um, yeah, it has only been 100 years, 100 years since the Chicago Cubs won a World Series. We have reached the century mark, and uh, I don't know if the Chicago Cubs will ever, ever escape the depression that they've been in for, yes, 100 frickin' years, as they last, of course, won a World Series in 1908. Now, the other show, the new one, the other two shows are brand new, at least brand new to thesportstuff.com. I have no prior knowledge as to uh, if they've podcasted elsewhere, but they do say episode one, so at least their first show on here, and uh, Celtics Revived. Now, I am a Boston Celtics fan, so when I saw that on here on the homepage, I was like, all right. So Celtics Revived, hosted by David Skinner. And, of course, yes, he is one of us. He's not uh, from another site or whatever, like uh, JT, the JTS show was. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. We, uh, of course, welcome JTS to our website as it is a popular show. And, um, yeah, uh, 
David Skinner does a very good job. I've enjoyed his podcast, so if you're listening out there, good job and keep it up. And thank you for listening, David, if you are, of course. And um, now the other show, The Fast Lane, that is also episode one here. And they are, of course, a racing show. They talk about IndyCar, and I'm assuming a little uh, NASCAR as well. So it is a racing show hosted by Dean. And, of course, he is one of us as the call-in line is our call-in line. So definitely check both of those shows out, and I'm pretty sure they will show up on iTunes as well, and uh, if they haven't already, definitely subscribe to them. It's it's 100% free. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's just going to help all of us grow. And please, out there, all of you who like Paladino Live, please get out and tell your friends to check out the show. Help this show grow. Help the sports stuff grow, as we have a message board here on the sportsstuff.com TSS boards it is a button on the upper right hand part of the screen occasionally it's not there and it's you have to scroll down a little bit to kind of the lower center TSS boards it'll be plain as day when you see it sign up get a screen name that also is free you'll be able to interact with us and other members of this site um, there's quite a few of us so definitely sign up and uh, we'd love to have you on board here on the sportsstuff.com now, the object of today's show, of course, again, Wolves and Wild, but uh, Wild usually I talk about first. The Vikings make a couple moves this week, nothing amazing, uh, nothing really to get anyone excited about. A couple of okay moves. Now, now about those moves, the Vikings did add a veteran safety, Michael Bulware, and they also added Kendrick Allen who is a defensive tackle, I believe, as he's a pretty much an unknown from what I saw. Pretty much no, yeah, defensive tackle who was last with Green Bay. He played in two games, spent the rest of the season on the injured reserve. So not a guy you really know much about. Uh, Michael Bowler, though, a known name. Not a not a big-time star, but a solid veteran addition. So, and he's, he's not too old. He's younger than me, so that's good. He's September 17, 1981, so that would make him about... 25, 26-ish, 26, 27, actually, my bad. Um, so he's a nice addition. He's a big, tall guy, six foot three. So uh, they're even saying he's been a linebacker before. So, yeah, a little teeny bit of Viking chatter, not much to talk about really yet. Um, the other thing of note about the Minnesota Vikings, before I get into the Wild and Wolves, is they did have Gus Farad in town, as that is a guy I did mention, as I did mention him as a possible candidate before the Vikings did, even though you'd expect them to at least check him out, even though there was some article saying he, his career is over. I, I don't think his career is over at all, even though he didn't play well the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, he left town without a contract, so that sucks. I think he would make a nice addition. He was a nice veteran presence for Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper played very well when he had a veteran backup quarterback, for him, and he played very poorly when we had an inexperienced backup quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing would happen with DeVaris Jackson, that he would improve with a veteran quarterback to kind of just be there for him, to be like a, a presence, you know, show him the ropes. The guy might not be that good, but he can kind of be like a coach, you know. It's pretty much what it's like, and and the guy can set an example because he's been there. So, um, you know, like Bobby Brister was for Dante Culpepper early on. Now, Bobby Brister, for the most part, was a terrible quarterback in the NFL, but he was experienced, and he was kind of just, he's just the kind of guy that a uh, young, blossoming guy can 
um, you know, can respect and try to work with. But um, obviously we're not sure if T-Jack is a blossoming player just yet, but Culpepper at the time was. As obviously we all remember in 2000 he had a phenomenal year and we made it to the NFC Championship game. But we'll leave it at that. Um, so that is the Viking chatter. Now before I complete the Viking chatter, I would like to mention for the first time, now this has been in the works for a while, as there's been some background conversation, but I didn't want to mention it because I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I wasn't sure that, uh, you know, if Dylan would want me to do it or not. But there will be a Vikings podcast. I will be branching out. It will be like a subsidiary of Paladino Live. It may end up being more popular. I mean, I doubt it. Paladino Live is the flagship show for me, <laughs> Paladino Joey. But um, the show will be called Purple Mafia. That's right, Purple Mafia. That will air in the near future, possibly in April or a little after that. I'm hoping to do it before the draft, but I don't know as my schedule is going to get pretty tough here in the next couple weeks. As uh, I will be doing lawn cleanups with my brother as I just be getting back into that again for the, about the 15th year now. It's been pretty much my whole life <laughs> doing that stuff. So, uh, yeah, the schedule gets pretty tough between two jobs at that point, but after that dies down and it's just on to the more simple stuff like mowing, it'd be pretty easy. Now, enough about my life. So, uh, yeah, keep your eyes out for Purple Mafia, as that is the name, as I figure use it because I'm Paladino, Mafia, Italiano, all that good stuff, even though I'm not Italian. As that's, a, that's a secret that you just heard. But anyhow, now we will return and we will talk about the Minnesota Wild, finally. It is time to talk about your favorite hockey team, the Minnesota Wild. Certainly not the best team in the National Hockey League, as I joked about last week, or last week, last show. And um, now I understand it's been two weeks, and there's been some games since, and there's been some runs and all that stuff. I'm not planning on getting into every single game since the last show. I'm going to probably try to keep it to about the last week. As uh, I apologize that those games aren't going to get covered, but... Uh, this show can only go so long. I don't want to scare people away. So we are going to start with the Monday night game against the Colorado Avalanche. And that was a 3-1 to one win. Now I'll just say since, all right, I'll leave it from since the San Jose law, overtime loss, when the Wild had lost four in a row. We lost again to New Jersey on Thursday the 13th, 3-4 to four in overtime. Another overtime loss. That was three in a row. Then we defeat the LA Kings, a 2-0 shutout on Saturday, the 15th of March. 2-0, a shutout by Nicholas Backstrom. As that started a solid little run for Backstrom, a little back-to-back run for Backstrom as his goaltending improved a little bit. As now the Colorado Avalanche game on Monday, the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, we defeat the Colorado Avalanche at the XL Energy Center. And, uh, yes, as I said, Backstrom stepping up. Um, the player of the game, though, was Brent Burns, as he made phenomenal defensive plays on the infamous Peter Forsberg, the guy that Minnesota Wild fans hated in the past when he was a member of the Avalanche. He was the kind of guy you pretty much touch, and he'd flop to the floor, and you'd get, like, a major penalty, and he'd screw up our entire run that we're on. But, uh, yeah, anyhow, as we had that infamous series, you know, but actually it was very famous because we won. We beat a fantastic team 
on the road in Game 7 that year in 2003. But anyhow, enough of my wandering. Uh, the Wild, though, yes, do win this game. Burns and Koivu step up here. Yeah, Koivu, Burns not only played phenomenal defense, but he got a goal and an assist. Good news for my fantasy team as well, who's in the finals this week. All the way down from the fifth seed, we're in the finals. So I go, go, baby, go, baby. You know, go, go North Stars. That's the name of my team. So the former Minnesota team. But, um, yeah, Koivu, the number two star, also very good defensive play. Got in a, an assist in this game. Uh, the other goal scorers were Radiovich and Stefan Veju. So Stefan Veju continuing to play solid hockey. It was an empty net, unassisted goal for Veo to, to pretty much put it, well, yeah, to put an end to the game with seven seconds remaining. The tenth goal of the season for Stefan Veo. So it has been a very good year for him. As for forever, he'd been just pretty much a grinder, and I was wondering why the heck he's even on this team. But, yeah, he's, he's not phenomenal. But he's doing a good job this year. And uh, the Wild do a great job. Backstrom plays very well, makes 29 saves, allows only one goal. So that's the story there. Unfortunately, the next night we lose once again to the San Jose Sharks. At San Jose, though, the Shark Tank, we did capture a point in the game because there's another overtime game, but uh, or shootout, actually. It went to the shootout. And, yeah, Jeremy Roenick won the game for us. It's, uh, the Wild and the Sharks traded goals in the first play. And uh, after that, they were saved, and then Ronick scored, and Koivu missed it. So that's the end of that right there. But that's not the whole story of the game. Uh, Ronick also got his 12th goal of the year to open things up. Jeremy Ronick, remember him? From her Chicago Blackhawk and Phoenix Coyote and Philadelphia Flyer and all those other teams, L.A. Kings, blah, 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 blah. He's played forever. You know, he's a fairly big name, but his numbers have declined for, for years because of his age. Yeah, Veyu nets his 11th goal of the year, Curtis Foster and Radiovich showing up in the box score again. So a guy you don't really hear about much because he's another grinder, you know, because they didn't just call us the Minnesota Grinders because that's pretty much what this whole team is except for, uh, you know, Gabrick, Bouchard, and, like, uh, Pavel Dimitra and Koivu. Those guys are pretty much guys that actually just flat score. Or in uh, Dimitra's case, he's kind of a wuss, <laughs> in my opinion. But, yeah, the best player for the Wild in this game, clearly Marion Gabrick, scoring his 37th and 38th goal, equaling, excuse me, his career high in goals, as he has 38 goals. He did that two years ago in a somewhat abbreviated season when he had a couple injuries. He had injuries every year before this year, and I'm very happy he stayed healthy. Uh, That goal also, Marion Gabrick's 200th of his career, so very good job by Marion Gabrick. And a guy who's starting to show up in the stat sheet. I remember talking about him, I believe it was the last couple shows, that his numbers have not been the same since coming back from that leg injury. Well, Miko Koivu has returned to the stat sheet. He is, he is really getting good again. People are talking about he's the MVP of this team once again as uh, Koivu. Not like a spectacular game, but... He nets an assist in the game, so he continuing he's continuing to show up in the in the box score again. Was, for a while there, he just he he wasn't he was a non-factor. Uh, so that was just the case pretty much with him. But yeah, the Wild indeed lose this game, capture a single point, so that's okay. Could be worse, but 
could be a lot better. We need some more regulation wins like that Colorado game. And we get that in the game of the week, the game of the week, Friday night, the 21st of March, a 2-1 to victory against the hated Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. So this was a biggie. The Wild only score two goals, but they allow one. As Nicholas Backstrom, major again, stopping 30 shots, and he was the player of the game. Sammy Salo, the number two star, and he was the, he's obviously on the Canucks. He got a goal, and he's played good defense. And Brent Burns, the number three star, no points, but phenomenal again. Great defensive player. And uh, a guy that Jacques Lemaire called out recently, Sean Hill, has been starting to, starts to show up in the stat sheet right here as he gets in his first assist in like 90 years. Uh, Brian Ralston, the first goal for the Wilds, 28th goal. And Demetra getting an assist. So Demetra starting to show up again. And uh, Radiovich again. Branko Radiovich, or Radivich, whatever, Radiovich. <laughs> Sorry about that. Scoring in, again, his sixth goal of the year. And uh, Demetra, two assists in this game. So not bad by Pavel. The Sandin brothers, or Sedin brothers, assist on Sammy Salo's goal. But it was uh, the only goal the Canucks would get as they scored four minutes, 20 minutes into the period, and that was all she wrote. Minnesota victors in this game, a just phenomenal win for the Wild. Not the most exciting game, but very well executed, and uh, they just got her done. They got her done as they were able to beat Roberto Luengo on only 21 shots, though. But they got it done in what was given to them, which wasn't much, of course, as Vancouver's become a more of a tough team rather than a... Uh, kind of a precision team. They used to be a high-scoring precision team back in the day. Um, yeah, now with guys like Willie Mitchell and other players like that, Canucks have trained more into a defensive style, similar to a team that I, the team that we're very familiar with, the Minnesota Wild. So after that, the Wild head to Calgary and lose 5-4-5. to It's just frustrating again. The Wild lose to Calgary again. I just hate the Calgary Flames with a passion like I said in the past, if uh, the uh, Flames used to be my third favorite team back in the North Star days, it was North Stars, uh, Hartford Whalers, a, very, a team I just absolutely love and miss. I wish they still existed. Now they're the Carolina Hurricanes, of course. They have a hat for them. And, yeah, that's that third team, a very strong third, was the Calgary Flames. Now, ever since we've been in the division with these guys, I hate them. I can't stand these guys. Um, but, yeah, it was an exciting game. Unfortunately, the Wild do not get it done. That's right, do not get it done. Uh, Dion Phaneuf scoring the first goal for the Calgary Flames, their superstar defenseman, scoring a 16th goal. I'm very happy to have him on my fantasy team, and he's the only Calgary Flame I wish success, as I hate Jerome Ginla. I just can't stand him. He nets a true hat trick in this game. That after, Benoit Pouliot comes close to a true hat trick, as he scores his first and second goal of the season. Both assisted by Pierre-Marc Bouchard. The second was also assisted by Nicky, Nicky Schultz, the defenseman on the wild, the quiet, uh, you know, like quiet gets a point once in a blue moon defenseman. Um, but, yeah, Benoit Pouliot called up recently after injuries sustained to multiple players, just constant something going on. The wild desperate need of centermen and, you know, there's never anybody available, it seems like. As, uh, Steve Kelly was called up and was injured immediately. He was... Just didn't make it. He's a he's, he's a career minor leaguer who's solid, but not, you know, NHL player for the most part. But, yeah, Benoit Pouliot. Now, here's the hope that this young man, 
who was a first-round pick fourth overall after the lockout. Because the Wild got lucky in the uh, lottery that year. They just reset the whole thing after the draft, and the Wild wound up with a fourth freaking pick after being a near-playoff team. And they picked, yeah, this Benoit Puglia kid, and he's had trouble making the team the last couple of years. But uh, those were his first and second goal, I believe, of his career. And uh, we'll see. And uh, I, I know it's just one game, and he uh, doesn't score in the next game that I know of. So we'll hope for the best with Benoit Puglia as they need some more offense. They have some offense now, but they need more. There's never enough with this team. Uh just lots and lots of goals scored in this game. Kim Janssen with his third goal of the year. Boy, he outdid him. He's, he's outdone himself. Kim Janssen. Pavel Dimitris showing up on the stat sheet once again. Good job. Gets an assist. Gabrick assists on both goals. Uh, Kim Janssen actually got two goals in this game. I apologize. His third and fourth goal. So that's not bad. And James Shepard, the young James Shepard, starting to show up in the stat sheet again. It's been a long time as he had a run there for a while. But... Um, now he's finally starting to show up in the statue. He's played in every game, and there's a, the other, there's the sec, the first round pick that came a year after Ben Wapulia, and he's already in the NHL. So uh, James Shepard, a guy I've talked about here and there, is a nice up and comer. He shows, he makes nice little nifty plays. He's, he'll he'll steal a puck from a guy. He'll make nice passes, and, and he'll make just really nice plays, make other people better, including himself. So. Uh, James Shepard, a guy, you know, who I hope continues to develop as well. There is some hope with the youth on this team. There is some more youth on the way. Um, Chris Simon finally plays again as he's been a healthy scratch for a while. He gets seven penalty minutes as uh, apparently he got in a fight in this game. So good good for him. That's pretty much why he's here at this point. As long as he doesn't break anyone's neck or cut them with a skate, we'll be happy. Um so that's that for that game. A just huge loss for the Wild. Huge victory for Calgary as they are right on our butts. And um, I'm going to leave the Edmonton game for next week as the Wild lost to Edmonton yesterday, three to uh, five to three. But I will leave that for next week as this show can only go on for so long. As really quick, I'm going to talk about. The Northwest Division, just really quick. And um, Minnesota, still in first place. Still in first place. Wonderful news on that side of things. With 89 points, they are 40, 28, and 9. But <laughs> the Calgary Flames have 88 points right on their butts. And the Calgary Flames have played one less game than the Wild. The Vancouver Canucks have played two less games than the Wild. They have 86 points. Colorado Avalanche have played the same amount of games as the Wild, 77, with 86 points. Three freaking points behind. And here is the surprise. A team I've been monitoring the last couple shows, so about three or three weeks ago or so, I started monitoring them. The Edmonton Oilers are becoming more and more dangerous. As, of course, they beat the Wild last night, and they are six points behind the Wild. They have won eight of the last ten. The Edmonton Oilers are eight and two in their last ten. They are just playing phenomenal hockey. How many last-place teams do you see with a 39-33 and 33 record? There ain't many out there, folks. Hardly ever. So, watch it up for the Edmonton Oilers. It is not over at all. They are, they might win the flipping division if if the Wild choke here and say everybody else does too, and they just keep playing this phenomenal hockey. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I'm kind of beside myself with how well they're playing. The Wild 
played good against Edmonton in some games this year and played crappy in others. So, unfortunately, last night, crappy. But with that, we are now going to switch gears over to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have played some great basketball of them of their own of late. They're like the Edmonton Oilers in the NBA right now, kind of. So we will return very shortly. And we are back, and it is time to switch gears to the NBA, the best sport on earth, in my opinion, as that is why it is part of my logo here on the sportschef.com and on iTunes, as it's the same logo, of course. But before I officially get into the Timberwolves, I have some really good news for the New York Knicks. So, PMAC, this one's for you, buddy. The One of the co-hosts of the crossover. He is the next side of the crossover. Donnie Walsh is leaving the Pacers and the report has him heading to the Knicks. That is good news for the New York Knicks, because why? Because Isaiah Thomas is supposedly on his way out, and that is why Donnie Walsh is on his way to New York. And <laughs> I hope you can hear me clapping. Thank you, New York. Thank you, New York Knicks, for not only helping and saving the New York Knicks fans who are paying a fortune to watch your embarrassment of a product, your absolute despicable product with Stefan Marbury, who is the most overpaid player I've ever seen. You know, I mean, he might not quite be at that level, but he is probably in the top five all time, as he is the biggest stiff ever. He went on the Dan Barrero show last year here in, in the Twin Cities, KFAN, and said winning means nothing to him. It's all about just him being happy. So we're happy for you. Stefan Marbury, as you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be a member of the New York Knicks next year. So congratulations, New York, as you are on your way up. As uh, I apologize for all you Bush haters out there, but to quote George Bush <laughs> before the Iraq War, the tyrant is gone. You are free. New York, you are free. The tyrant is gone. So, um, yeah, goodbye, Isaiah Thomas. The tyrant is gone. And so is Marbury. Let's topple that New York regime and uh, start new with uh, Donnie Walsh in New York, as that is good news not only for the New York Knicks but for the NBA as a whole, as the New York Knicks are one of the signature franchises in the entire NBA. So regardless if you love them or hate them, as uh, I liked the Bulls during the 90s for the most part, and but it was a lot of fun watching the New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls clash in the old days. And it would be nice to see the New York Knicks back as one of the top teams in the league again, just for the sake of a big-name team, big-name franchise, big bucks, whatever, you know, a classic old-school team in the beautiful, beautiful Madison Square Garden, as it is just one of the coolest places in the world to watch basketball, or at least to see it on TV, as it has got that darkness to it. It's just, I, I love it, you know, as they... Uh, the forum, the Great Western Forum in L.A. kind of had that look back in the day. I miss arenas like that. I just think that looks so cool. And, um, yeah, again, go Knicks, you know, in terms of, yeah, good luck. Um, the Indiana Pacers, of course, losing a very solid uh, player personnel manager. But, hey, you still got Larry Bird, and I think the uh, Indiana Pacers have a chance to improve, of course, as well. as Larry Bird's a, a good does a good job. He's a good man. I'm a big fan of him. As uh, as a Celtics fan, I respect and love Larry Bird. And um, 
Hope the Indiana Pacers continue to succeed under Larry Bird. So now it is time to talk some Minnesota Timberwolves basketball officially. It's, obviously, it's not just about the Wolves. There's an NBA as well. There's a teeny little report really quick before I get into something. As uh, Yeah, there was talk about Sebastian Telfer and the New York Knicks after the uh, the Wolves beat the Knicks. I'll get into that game very shortly. That Minnesota Sebastian Telfair, point guard Sebastian Telfair, made it clear in the wake of a story in the New York media suggesting otherwise that he hopes to return to the Wolves next season. Telfair will be a restricted, who will be a restricted free agent, said the Wolves gave me an opportunity of a lifetime. This is where I want to be. So, yeah, of course, that is a professional approach by Sebastian. And um, I hope he stays with this team. I hope the Wolves give him a fair offer and not a stupid offer. I hope they don't overdo it. So um need to make a smart decision, like I said in the previous show about Sebastian. Uh, yeah, I'd like him here, but if possible, not at a, not, not with the kind of contract that can strap this team like Troy Hudson's and all the others. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, there was talk about Sebastian Telfer being Stefan Marbury's replacement in New York. It's, yeah, you know what? Telfer would be an improvement over uh, Marbury because Telfer is a professional. Marbury is a uh, prima donna. He should just go... He should just go do some TV show somewhere, some comedy show or something on, like, uh, Comedy Central or something, because that's pretty much what he is, you know, without trying to be funny. That's the thing. Um, I just, (laughs) for those of you out there who hear an occasional disdain towards Kevin Garnett on occasion on this show, as, yeah, I just have thought Kevin Garnett is kind of a fraud with how they talk about how what a great team he, or great team, what a great, uh, you know, what a great player he is, and he's done so much for the, the Timberwolves and stuff, and I strongly disagree with that statement. Um, but overall, Marbury is the one I, you know, the Timberwolf I have more disdain for than anybody. And he doesn't have to be a Timberwolf for me to have disdain for him, for what he's done across the league for so many years. <laughs> As uh, Phoenix Suns were a very dangerous team in the Western Conference before he went there, well, actually, what am I talking about? The New Jersey, well, I'll start with the Nets. The Nets stunk before they got Marbury, and they stunk just as much when they got him from the Wolves. Now, yeah, the Phoenix Suns were a very good team <laughs> before they had Marbury and they had Jason Kidd. So then there's a trade. Phoenix Suns, you know, Kidd for Marbury. Phoenix Suns go down the toilet. They suck. The New Jersey Nets go to the NBA Finals from being a putrid team to the NBA Finals in a year, and then go back to the Finals. The Suns suck horribly after that. So what does that tell you? It just happens over and over again with Marbury. The New York Knicks uh, kind of stunk, kind of were okay. They get Marbury, and uh, ever since they've been one of the laughing stocks of all time. So, uh, yeah, that was mostly Isaiah Thomas, but Marbury's a big part of it, of course, because the guy doesn't try. He just takes. He just cashes his check. Now, there are some games to cover here, and I'm going to have to skip the week of 11 through uh, March 11th through the 15th. I'll just read off the scores. The Portland Trailblazers. They went. The Minnesota Timberwolves played Portland here in Minnesota. Lost 103 to 96. The Timberwolves then went to Seattle and avoided a sweep by the Sonics. You know, they almost got swept by the Seattle Supersonics this year, but they won in Seattle, which is almost, which has just never been done hardly with this team. When the Sonics were good or bad, depending, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if the Wolves are good or bad. 
you know, or the Sonics are good or bad. It was always a loss. But yeah, we win 121 to 116. That would have been the game of the week. That was phenomenal. And uh, yeah, we go to Portland and lose 107 to 96. Just swept by Portland this year. Clean sweep. So they kicked our butts. Now, March 17th, again, St. Patrick's Day, Timberwolves play the Clippers here in Minneapolis and win 99 to 90. And here we go. Let's talk some Wolves ball. And uh, in this game, Al Jefferson, player of the game, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 1 assist. So very solid game by him. Uh, Randy Foy, uh, 28 minutes, only 7 points. Two assists, two turnovers. Lousy game by Randy Foy. Only three of nine from the floor. So Foy kind of dropping off a bit. Um, Yarich gets ten assists in this game. So surprising. He played over 38 minutes. And, yeah, manages ten ten assists, seven rebounds, six points. So not a bad game for Yarich. Only one turnover. Surprising. As, uh, yeah, Telfair was out with the flu, I believe, in that game. Or ankle. I can't can't remember. I'm mixed up because of my... Schedule is just driving me nuts. Uh, but the other good players in this game were Ryan Gomes, who had 19 points from five rebounds and was a plus 15 for the game. So in terms of the plus-minus statistic that's been added, Gomes by far the player of the game there. And Kirk Snyder. Kirk Snyder, again, 5 of 10 from the floor. And, uh, yeah, he got to the line. He got six free-throw attempts, made four of them. Not bad. 14 points, five rebounds. Continuing to show that he is a factor. For this team, as Kirk Snyder is shooting 50% for the Wolves this year, 50%. That's pretty good. You know, regardless if they're all dunks or whatever, I I don't care. He's scoring in a, in you know in you know in precise uh, in a precise factor. So good job for Kirk Snyder. The Wolves is a whole shot 50% for this game versus the Clippers 38. McCants off the bench, 16 points, 6 assists. 6 assists for Rashad McCants. Very, very good. 6 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3-point range. Excellent game for Rashad McCants off the bench. Craig Smith again showing up in the box score as he had 11 points and 4 rebounds in only 16 minutes. Very solid game for Craig Smith. And a very solid game for the Timberwolves again as they won. Now on to the next game. And guess what? The Minnesota Timberwolves win again. This was against the Memphis Grizzlies here in Minnesota. The Timberwolves, yes, they win again. 98-94. to Now, it's Memphis. It's not the greatest team ever. It's Memphis without Paul Gasol. But who cares? A win's a win. And for the Timberwolves, they don't come very often, or at least they didn't at one point. Timberwolves winning their 17th game of the year here as they pass Memphis. So, um... Don't worry too much fans out there, Wolves fans, about uh, the draft position. Is you know what? The Portland Trailblazers were the, had the sixth, were tied at the Wolves for the sixth best record, or sixth worst record in the league, and got the number one pick. So I say as long as the Wolves can finish in the in the bottom four, we're going to be okay because there will be a protection level, I believe, where the Wolves can, the, the lowest they can fall would be fifth at a certain point, I believe, as long as we finish in the bottom three to five-ish range. We'll be okay, and we won't slip past the because the top five is exactly where you need to be, no matter what. Even if you do get stuck with five, you're still going to get a potential franchise changer. Now, no guarantees, though. Of course, you might wind up with a you know Ryan Gomes or Kirk Snyder type player. You know, not that there's anything wrong with them; they're just not franchise changers. You need more of an Al Jefferson, Chris Paul type of guy. 
So the Wolves definitely need that, you know, ASAP. Now, in this victory, Randy Foyt, much better, at least in some some regard in this game. 36 minutes, 12 points, 10 rebounds. 10 rebounds for Randy Foyt. Very good job. Again, very, very good job in that category. Only three assists, but only one turnover. So, yeah, he was 2 of 4 from three-point range. That's good, but the bad stat of the game was uh, Randy Foy, 4 of 12 from the floor overall. And the other negative thing with Foy is that he's the only Timberwolves starter that did not have a positive rating in the plus-minus. He just had an even zero. And here's the surprise, Yarich, plus 9, plus 9 in this game, the top-rated player in that statistic. We played 31 minutes at 9.7 assists, two steals, two block shots. Marco Yarich, man, have you been? You must be seeing Adriana Lima a lot more often there. I mean, <laughs> something's up. Good job, Yarich. I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah, the player of the game was clearly Al Jefferson. 29 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks. Phenomenal job by Al Jefferson. Three turnovers, but you know that's going to happen with a center, power forward, whatever. Um, and the other two guys, the Snyder and Gomes duo, who have been very solid for this team. Kirk Snyder shooting 50% again, 3 of 6. Says, yeah, he, that's what his stat is for the whole year with the Wolves. 8 points, 7 rebounds. Very good job. Four personal fouls. Could be worse in 30 minutes. It's it's okay, as long as he didn't get into serious foul trouble. Ryan Gomes, 29 minutes, 29 and a half, whatever. But only 2 of 12 from the floor. However, however, he got to the free throw line. He did his job, and he was 10 of 10 from the free throw line, 10 of 10. So that very good for Ryan Gomes. Um, one other stat that I missed is Al Jefferson, 9 of 12 from the line. So Big Al getting to the line. Good job there, buddy. And uh, Rashad McCants, awesome off the bench, 19 points, 5 assists, 2 steals. Very good job. 7 of 19. He shot the ball a little too much for my liking. That's one thing that's still a factor with him. But, you know, when I look at his stats in this game, he overall he did his job. He did his job. And that's what counts in about 29 minutes. Is, uh, McCants, that is what he is. I think he's a perfect six man. And he's doing a good job. And uh, Craig Smith kind of. Kind of tapering off a bit, only one of seven from the floor of this game. Corey Brewer, a guy I haven't mentioned at all, because when you look at his stat line, there's just nothing there. Three, three points, two rebounds, and 18 minutes. Come on, not not much to not much to look at. No steals, no blocks, just two personal fouls. So yeah, one stat I'm just looking at here. How about the how about this game in March? You know, the same night, Wednesday the 19th, uh, Miami. <laughs> The Miami Heat score only 54 points against the Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto um, Raptors it was a 96-54 finish, folks. 42-point loss. 42-point loss. Despicable. Wow. Well, I guess that's a team without Shaq or uh, Dwayne Wade. As D Wade has been shelled for the year. Now, the next game was at Indiana. This was Friday the 21st, and it was a rare loss. Yeah, how about that? A rare loss for the Wolves, <laughs> as they're starting to play so much better. But, yeah, an entertaining game, a very entertaining game. And Minnesota, just not the team, wasn't their night at all. 
or not at all, but I mean, it wasn't really their night. So Al Jefferson played um, 29 minutes, only managed 11 points, but he did block four shots despite five personal fouls. Uh, nine rebounds, not bad, but he was a minus 16 from the floor or, or overall. So he had the worst plus minus. Not the best game for Al Jefferson. Um, Kirk's, well, I'll get into those guys in a second. Uh, Randy Foy, starting uh, point guard, obviously. 40, point, 40 minutes, 5 of 12 from the floor. Eh, you know. 2 of 4 from three-point range, he made all four free throws. But the good stats are... 16 points, 6 assists, so that's more of the kind of stuff you want to see out of Randy. Um, unfortunately, four turnovers, so his assist to turnover ratio just sucks big time. As he is just not a true point guard, not, not yet, and there's there's uh, still a very good chance he could become that. As everybody thought Chauncey Billups wasn't a true point guard, he sure is now. Um, yeah, Yarich, solid game again, 4 of 6 from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3-point three range, 11 points, and... Uh, two steals, so not bad, not a bad game for Marco, but again, the two forwards doing a very good job, Kirk Snyder, Kirk Snyder, seven of nine, wow, seven of nine for Kirk Snyder, to go along with three rebounds, or five rebounds, three assists, yeah, and 15 points, Kirk Snyder, very solid player in about 28 minutes, 25 minutes for Ryan Gump, six of nine, six of nine, to go along with 14 points and three assists and three rebounds. So those two guys are doing their job. They're doing a very good job. And um, Kirk Snyder, I think there's a good, there's a solid possibility he's coming back. I, I, I thought there was no chance he was coming back. And now I'm beginning to wonder. Uh, the best player for the Wolves on this night, though, was Rashad McCants in only 24 minutes. However, he shot the ball too much again, 8 of 17 but that's not horrible, I guess. Three of seven on three-point range. Uh, he did get 22 points and six assists. So, shoddy, Rashad McCants starting to starting to up the assist numbers of late. That is very good news in that sense. He even blocked a shot and got a steal. So, okay, you know, shoddy's doing a little little things now. Uh, of course, the Wolves did not win this game, but whatever. Craig Smith returning, though, to the box score. Six of eight from field goal range. Field goal range from the floor, uh, 14 points and five rebounds. So Craig Smith, despite though he got five personal fouls in only 23 minutes, that's not too great. Uh, Corey Brewer, 20 minutes, um, four points, four rebounds, nothing great. He did get a steal, so that's great. Chris Richard though, very solid. He made all three of his shots, or probably dunks, layups, whatever. In about 19 minutes, he got six points and four rebounds and a block. So Chris Richard. A guy I look towards in the future for the Wolves as a backup big man, power forward center type of guy. Uh, I I think he's going to be a factor for this team. But uh, the overall player of this game, though, Danny Granger of the uh, Indiana Pacers, just 32 points, phenomenal. You know, along with Mike Dunleavy with 25 and Troy Murphy with 22. Um, two guys that aren't really popular among other player uh, other members of this uh, website on the sportsstuff.com. Rusty doesn't like those guys, but eh, that's okay. I don't blame him. <laughs> As, um, I, I don't see them much because not in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, I could probably see how those guys can get on your nerves a little bit. The, pretty much most of the Pacers team can get on your nerves, except for uh, <laughs> Danny Granger, who's on his way to becoming a potential franchise player for that team, I believe. As, uh, Jermaine O'Neal is on his way out. 
without a doubt, in my opinion, is he's just he is his his career has died, for the most part. It has just been a disappointment for old Jermaine. Now the final game, and the game of the week, the Wolves cream New York. How about that? Here in Minneapolis, um, yeah, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> as uh, this is just it's been an absolute joke with the Knicks. As we are close to wrapping up this show, and um, Ryan Gomes, amazing game for Ryan Gomes. 26 points, 8 rebounds in this game. 12 of 17 from the floor. What a game for Ryan Gomes. And he was a plus 27. A plus 27. That is amazing. And another guy who was a plus 27, Al Jefferson, who only played 28 minutes in the game and only had 8 points, but... He did some other stuff in this game. He was 4 of 7 from the floor, so it's not like he went out there and stunk. He just, he was doing some little things on this night. Three block shots, six assists, and nine rebounds. Six assists for Al Jefferson. Because there was talk about how he's averting double teams by making quick passes. There was talk in the Star Tribune today about that. And, yeah, I mean, Al Jefferson is starting to add some other aspects to his game. Well, let's hope he doesn't turn into a Kevin Garnett where he stops shooting, um, as that's all Garnett ever was. He was a guy who just didn't shoot the ball. All he did was pass, pretty much. He'd make a couple shots here and there. <laughs> but, um, no, Al Jefferson could become a phenomenal player, though, if all this can come together. And, uh, obviously, he didn't have to shoot the ball very much in this game anyway. So, Wolves were just destroying the New York Knicks from start to finish. I mean, Minnesota, 42 points in the first quarter, 42 to 24 I am not kidding. That is what the number is. It is correct. You're not seeing things. That is amazing. Randy Foy, finally a good game, and he was a plus 25 for the game. That's hard to believe. Nine points, nine assists. So Randy Foy gets a clap from me right now. He did get three turnovers, but he also got three steals, so he made up for it. He literally negated the uh, three turnovers there by doing that. Yarich, um not too bad, 2 of 7, not good. But he got 11 points and 6 assists, so solid numbers, and he made all 6 of his free throws. Now here's another guy who made all of his free throws, Kirk Snyder. He was also 4 of 6 from the floor, so above 50% again for Snyder. Jeez, what a nice player Kirk Snyder is. As uh, the Houston Rockets just buried him on their bench. Um, yeah, I don't think he's the second coming of Ron Artest. I, no. But I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to be out of this league either. 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 steals to go along with 2 assists, too. A very solid game. And, yeah, 7 of 7 from the free throw line in this game. Phenomenal job, Kirk Snyder. He just continues to show signs. Now the guy who led the team in uh, shots from the floor once again was Rashad McCants, 21. He was 10 of 21 and also 3 of 9 from a three-point range, 24 points. Yeah, he scores, but, geez, man, stop jacking up the shots all the time. I mean, my God. Uh, Corey Brewer, more minutes tonight, or this on this particular night, eight points, three assists, two rebounds. Yeah, he played almost 25 minutes, not bad. Uh, Craig Smith returning again, not a bad game, nine points, four rebounds, three of five from the, uh, the, the floor. Craig Smith continuing to be a factor for this club. So, uh, yeah, Craig Smith, McCants, 
and Brewer look to be nice guys off the bench. It might end up being Brewer starting someday and Snyder coming off the bench or Gomes. Um, yeah, there's going to be some decisions made for this team, and uh, obviously those are still far off as there is uh, no – there's nothing we really can do for a while until draft night, Any no type of trade or whatever. Um, but, yeah, there is some signs that this team is starting to gain a little confidence, and they're, they're not trying to tank, and that's good. I'm glad they're not tanking because they need to get better. They need to show what they can do. Uh, Portland Trailblazers didn't tank last year. They played solid ball later in the year, and they went up with the, uh, you know, with the first overall pick. You know, so it's just it's. I don't believe in karma, but it's kind of like a karma thing right there. You know, good things come to you know you, you you work hard, and it pays off sometimes. Sometimes it actually does. Now the big stat for the Wolves is they have won six of their last nine. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for a team that has stunk all year, just been putrid. Uh, they have won, they have increased their win total since my last show by 50%. Yep. Well, I guess not not exactly that, because I guess they did, I did cover the Sacramento and LA Clippers games. But, yeah, you know, close enough, though. They've been playing pretty good, because that was right when the, the uh, better play, the improved play began. And this team has a nice future. This team has a nice future, I think. And uh, let's try to get a high pick as we can. There is a possibility we can get Beasley. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, the only problem is he's another small forward. So, I don't know. Granted, you can't just take somebody because you have the same position as uh, Portland Trailblazers made that horrible mistake. as they, Michael Jordan was available when uh, they already had Clyde Drexler. Now, we don't have Clyde Drexler, but it's like telling Corey Brewer he's worthless, like almost. But then again, you can... Mix and mash, people, um, if need be. Uh, just imagine if the Chicago Bulls, or Chicago Bulls, if the Portland Trailblazers had Jordan and Drexler for years. Their numbers might not have been as good as they were over their careers, but still, it, that would have been interesting, very interesting. As, of course, the Portland Trailblazers took Sam Bowie, who is a career average player at best. So pretty much how it goes with that. And I want to thank all of you again for listening to the show. Please tell your friends about my show. Please tell my friends. Talk to them about the show. Have them check it out. And uh, talk them into subscribing onto iTunes or just be a frequent listener here on thesportstuff.com. And, uh, yes, please get a screen name, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Sign up for the message boards. And uh, join in, join in, join in. It is 110% free. TheSportsStuff.com rocks, and so does Paladino Live. And I want to thank all of you again, as this was Episode 5. You rock, and I want to see you again or hear from you soon on TheSportsStuff.com.